Welcome to MMC Radio, brought to you by Maine Medical Center, Maine's leader in patient care, education, and research, all centered around you. Here is our host, Melanie Cole. The year 2016 marks the 20th anniversary of the patent for Viagra, a pill which changed the world's perspective of erectile dysfunction almost overnight and started a multi-billion dollar sub-industry. Since that time, as our population ages, doctors have encountered greater numbers of men with increasingly complicated medical problems who wish to maintain aspects of their sexuality. My guest today is Dr. Graham Verley. He's a urologist specializing in men's health at Maine Medical Partners Urology. Welcome to the show. Dr. Verley. So let's talk about, first of all, what are you seeing with erectile dysfunction? What are some of the main causes that you see? Well, thank you, Melanie. The, um, the major population risk factors that we see that might predispose a man to get erectile dysfunction uh, haven't really changed. What has changed is the, the recognition of the erectile dysfunction in, in the first place. What we now realize is that up to 50% of men over the age of 40, will have admitted to some degree of difficulty in attaining or maintaining his erection. Now, obviously, age is a risk factor, but uh, we like to think it's more than just that. We think that uh, as men age, they become more prone to develop things like uh, cholesterol problems, blood pressure problems, complications from major health problems like diabetes, uh, cigarette smokers. You, know, you didn't really think about this when you were a teenager and you took it up, but now that it's 20 years later, you know, maybe that type of behavior is starting to come to bite you. So we do see this in a variety of men. So when a man comes to you, and whether it's any one of those reasons, what's the first thing you do to test them for the cause? So the first thing we do is to get an uh, a thorough history from the patient. We, we obtain uh, knowledge about their uh, lifestyle habits, their health habits. We want to make sure that erectile dysfunction isn't just a symptom of something else going on underneath, that uh, it, it's been called the canary in a coal mine, <laughs> and the metaphor of you know, maybe it's a harbinger of something going on uh, underneath that, uh, that we'd be more concerned about, things like cholesterol and blood pressure. Beyond that, we ask uh, some rather unique questions about particular types of erectile dysfunction. We say, well, did this man uh, incur some form of trauma at some point in his life? Uh, is there a neurological condition that might predispose him to getting this problem? Uh, and then we talk about the physiology of how men get erections in the first place. And we say, well, where could this man have fallen off the path? Where does there appear to be a weak link in the chain of the process? And do some medications, if a man's on blood pressure medication, or you've recognized they have low testosterone, any of these things, can they contribute to that? Almost oh, definitely. So speak about testosterone first because it's certainly been uh, in the media a lot lately in the in the public eye yeah you know, testosterone itself isn't absolutely required to have an erection contrary to popular belief and it's not as though just giving a man testosterone if it's low will necessarily uh, you know combat that and make it bounce back but 
we do know that men with lower testosterone tend to have fewer erections and have greater difficulty in getting erections at all. So if a man comes in and complains of a lack of libido, a lack of stimulus, a lack of vim and vigor, then I start thinking about, well, maybe it's wise to test this man's testosterone levels. You know, apart from that, we're, we're talking more about you know, how do we reverse the process of, uh, of these different links in the chain falling down and, and corroding over time. You know, how can you make the blood flow in uh, a patient that perhaps they have reasons not to have the blood flow as well as they once did? Uh, you know, we talk about uh, the disease processes that a man is already facing and how can we best uh, optimize those risk factors so that they can get the most out of their sexual experience. So as I mentioned at the beginning about Viagra, what is your first line of defense? Do you look towards, of course, all of these causes we're discussing and possible other reasons and complications? And what do you do as a first line of defense to help somebody to get past this? Sure. So the first thing you're looking for is a wrench in the gears. You're looking for something that is very clearly sticking out that says, if we change this one thing, then all of a sudden the machine is going to work again as it once did. Sometimes you find that. Sometimes you don't. Uh, sometimes it's a very easy fix of, oh, ever since I started this other medication for some other problem I have, I've been having difficulty having erections. Oh, well, maybe there's an alternative that we can talk to your primary care doctor about uh, that uh, might be a little less harmful to your sex life, uh, you know, that kind of thing. The, uh, when it comes down to it, Melanie, the, the, the drugs that are most commonly prescribed by both our practice and primary care practices across the state, uh, our, our first-line treatments are these so-called phosphodiesterase inhibitors, of which Viagra is one. The other two uh, trade names uh, on the market are Cialis and Levitra. All three of them came out roughly within a few years of each other, and as uh, you said in your introduction, it's been about 20 years since Viagra, the first of the three, uh, was first patented. The, uh, the truth is that all three of those medications work about equally well. They have to be taken roughly 30 to 60 minutes on average before sexual activity. They are relatively easy to take, and they're rel relatively easy to keep and store. And they're fairly safe for most men, excepting uh, those who have certain health conditions. On the other hand, they do cost a pretty penny, and there has been uh, quite a lot of resistance on the part of insurance companies in offering coverage for these medications for a multitude of reasons. So then if medications and onward past that, what are some of the other modalities that you use to treat that, and including lifestyle changes and possible surgical intervention? Sure. So it's important to know that these, uh, these pills, as good as they are and as popular as they have become, don't work in all men. There's about 30% of all healthy men with erectile dysfunction who won't respond to oral medications, no matter how high the dose goes. It turns out uh, that diabetic men 
actually fare worse, and only about 50% of those men might respond to uh, oral medication. And so we start talking about uh, not only mitigating the risk factors, optimizing control of conditions like diabetes, we talk about eliminating uh, causative factors like cigarette smoking, and we talk about maintaining a healthy lifestyle. But we also talk about the next step, plan B, if you will. You know, how do you help these men who fall short of responding as they should or expected to from the, the oral pills? Well, it gets a little bit more invasive, and I, I'm very upfront with our patients about saying it's a little bit no pain, no gain in this scenario. There's a, a category of drug that actually predates the oral pills uh, by a few years that's been in use uh, with hundreds of thousands of men since. Uh, there are preparations that can actually be delivered by injection. Now, it's no use sugarcoating it. This is an injection where the sun doesn't shine, and it's an injection that the man must learn to give himself. But that said, you know, I do tell men... Uh, that believe it or not, it's a fairly small needle injection, and most men actually get used to it very easily. These injectable medications act by causing the blood vessels to directly relax, engorge, carry more traffic into the erection. They uh, therefore often work where the oral pills fail. The problem of that type of medication, of course, is that not everybody is too excited about putting a needle into the sex organ. And so, uh, whereas they do often succeed in maintaining an erection, uh, the experience itself may be slightly less satisfactory. And that's when we talk about additional types of uh, interventions, including surgeries. In just the last few minutes, what great information, and you are so well-spoken. I can see why you're such an amazing doctor. Give the listeners your best advice about the men who suffer from ED and their spouses that love them, and what you tell them every single day when they come in to see you. One thing that's really interesting about our patient population, Melanie, here in Maine, is that I feel like there's some Puritan roots that uh, uh, that sort of predate modern society. It's almost as though uh, men assume that erectile dysfunction has to be a part of who they become. And that really doesn't need to be the case. What, what we've found over uh, decades of doing this and uh, in dozens of other treatment areas across the country is that overwhelmingly, men have a positive outlook uh, after treatment of their erectile dysfunction. I can't promise that it's going to fix every marriage and every relationship, of course, but uh, to see the confidence that a man has in a, a acquiring and maintaining his erection and, and the ability to ha share that with his spouse is just a, a real... You know, a positive way that uh, that I've seen patients show appreciation for this, and so I, I can't stress enough that uh, it's it's really worthwhile asking your physician about uh, the 
options that are available for treating erectile dysfunction and uh, give us a call. Reach out to us on either the internet or by telephone for a consultation at Maine Medical Partners Urology. Thank you so much. What great information. You're listening to MMC Radio, and for more information, you can go to mmc.org. That's mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.